of our new venture which will take up the entirety of 2019 as those dark dull January nights go through into the bright uh, spring days all through to the boiling summers and to the cooler autumn afternoons right all the way back down to the darkness of December we will be watching and discussing Every single match that Dave Meltzer has rated five stars that we can get our hands on. There are a couple of gaps at the moment. And trying to give it some sort of cultural, historical perspective. And also looking at it from our own point of view. And asking the key question at the end of it. Would we give it five stars? I'm your co-host, Lorcan Mullen. And with me is my other co-host, Simon Cross. Simon... Our first episode is going to be, I think, the way that I describe this, I mean, we've also, we've already done a, a, a pre-series discussion, sort of an episode zero, which we, I'll admit we haven't recorded yet, so there'll be some retrospective knowledge that we have in those that will not show in, at this point of recording. K-Fang, um, dude, K-Fang. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so... I mean, how, uh, this was something I had to kind of push you towards doing, Simon. But it was—you said this was the, the first match that we chose. Yeah, surprised you in many ways, and it's also a match that I would personally describe as maybe wrestling's equivalent of the Velvet Underground and Nico album. Yeah, um, you you put this on a pedestal um, in my eyes before I watched it, so I, I came in with expectations, and I'll be honest, I, I went into uh, the matching question that we've watched, which is the is from April twenty first, nineteen eighty three, at the Kurame Kokugian Kokugigan uh, in Tokyo, Japan. We've really got to work on our Japanese pronunciation for this. Shinihon Pyoesu. I'm one of those guys. New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was a match for the vacant WWF Junior Heavyweight Championship. And it was between Dynamite Kid and the original Tiger Mask. Or Tiger Mask 1. Yeah. Well, at the the time they just called him Tiger Mask. It was was kind of like... So cool because he's the big rocket that Mm. fires into the sky, that Tiger Mask. Mm. Not getting the Thunderbirds reference. That's that's fine. (laughs) You nerd. Um, oh, come on. I thought I was pitching right to you there. No, Thunderbirds wasn't... No. 
Not so much. I did watch it a bit when I was a kid, but I never got into it. Mate of mine's brother really got into it. We did a, we did a hobbies day at school because that's the sort of people we were, and he did Thunderbirds, and he even got dressed up in the whole, um, like powder blue uniform and everything. So he looks a bit like a weird Pan Am stewardess. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, this is this is um the final match I found out of a series of singles matches that had happened over the past two years between these two men. Their first singles match against each other that I could find. I don't know if they might have wrestled in World of Sport when Tiger Mask was unmasked and known as Sammy Lee. Um, but they had. Whoa, 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 whoa! The old Liverpool assistant manager. Yes, very much so. Well, he's you know one of the smaller wrestlers. You know, um, they had a total of eight. This is based on looking on match databases online and everything. It appears that they had a grand total of eight singles matches. First one on April 23rd, 1981. And this final one, almost exactly two years later in 1983. Uh, Between then, they had another six matches, one of which took place in Madison Square Garden. That was actually their penultimate match. Um, All the other ones took place in Japan um, for New Japan. And in all of them, Tiger Mask was victorious, except for one match where Dynamite Kid got a count-out victory. But Dynamite Kid had never pinned Tiger Mask. Or submitted him. Or submitted him. Ah. They didn't know at this point that this was going to be their last match. But a few months afterwards, Tiger Mask, Sayama, fed up of the politics of New Japan, uh, retired from wrestling. And then he briefly returned to UWF, where he worked with Akira Maeda and did a shoot style. He dropped the Tiger Mask, uh, the mask, the gimmick, everything. He tried to get Dynamite Kid to join him. Um, for the more shoot style promotion but Dynamite turned him down he was with All Japan around this time he'd made the jump to All Japan where he then went on to face the other Tiger Mask Tiger Mask 2 uh, played by a man who will be a mainstay of this series uh, Mitsuhara Misawa so again I, say, I don't know why this match was so influential because from this comes Misawa's gimmick yeah. who then becomes one of the most important wrestling figures of all Just time. trying to figure out how well Dynamite Kid would have figured in a, like, a, a shoot-style promotion towards the end of his career. Well, when he was basically couldn't stand. Dead. But, you know, at this point, he's one of the legit tough guys of wrestling, and he had all that snake pit shoot-fighting experience. Yeah, I mean, I one of the first things I did when I saw, like, like clasped eyes on him, making him sound like I saw him across a crowded bar and fell in love, mm-hmm. um, I was like just shocked about how fresh face he was. Um, he's 24 at this point, isn't he? He is 24. So like, that was 22 when he had his first match against Dynamite Kid. Uh, against Tiger Mask. I mean, he could have wrestled himself. He could have. He was that good. Yeah. I mean, Bret Hart has said in the past that he believes Dynamite to be the greatest wrestler of all time. Um, and I think you can say... and like, So here's where I come from with the Velvet Underground and Nico comparisons. You get where that's coming from. There's a famous quote that I believe is attributed to Brian Eno. The album didn't actually sell that many when it came out in 1967, but the line was that everyone that bought that album formed a band. You've used that quote before. Now I get it. Now I understand it. Yeah. Or, or, or to give another example, it's wrestling's equivalent <clears throat> of the Free Trade Hall concert in Manchester in 1976 that the Sex Pistols performed, and in the crowd were Joy Division, um, Tony uh, Wilson. Mick Hucknall, but we can look past that. Um, 
and a couple of other important bands as well. It's like 39 or so people in the crowd, but a ha- half of them went on to be important figures in post-punk and okay. punk music. I think Marky e. Smith from The Four was there as well. That's quite cool. So, yeah, it's kind of like those, because I think if you look at where wrestling is now, I don't think there's any more any match that's more important with the style of wrestling that we have today mm. than this match. And so that's why it's quite apropos that this is also the first match that Dave Meltzer officially gave five stars to in the Wrestling Observer. Yeah. It, it To me, it was more sports entertainment-y than I was expecting in many ways. I was I came in thinking I was just going to see like a technical uh, catch-as-catch-can style of match. And, and when the opening bell rings, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah this, is, this is as as I expected. But it just progresses into something entirely different than what I was expecting. It revs up into something really different. Yeah, it really does. Um, uh, I know where you're coming from. Um, I think if you look at some of those older matches, like I said, there's only eight of them, so you can probably track down the majority of them. Um, yeah. they are, they're, they're shorter matches for a start. I'm just looking at the times here. Like, this match in total is 22 minutes, uh, although that's arguable because of the stop-start nature of it. Yeah. Um, the first match, Tiger Mask wins in 9.29. Next match, 8.31, 12.38. No times for the fourth match. 13.53, 15.59. The match at Madison Square Garden is only seven minutes. And then, so this is the longest match they have as well. And it's also chaotic, but that was the nature of Japanese wrestling at that time. And it's also very interesting. I don't think... We'll, we'll give away the finish right now. It, it ends in a double count-out. Well, it yeah. ends multiple times, but it finally ends in a double count-out. So hard to follow without English commentary, that. <laughs> Dave Meltzer would never give a match that ends in a double count-out five stars nowadays, I would have thought. I find that hard to believe. It would... It, it is seen these days more as a cop-out. Um, and when you mentioned that this is the final match in the series and it ends in a they double count They didn't know that it was the final match in the series at that point. Yeah, yeah, I get where you're coming from, I suppose, in that sense. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, if they if they had have known, it probably wouldn't have been a double count out finish. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, it would take some incredible circumstance for a match where there wasn't a winner, uh, in many people's eyes, to be considered a true classic. I can't think of many draws people like. Well, that Draw, drawing as a concept in like American culture is, is something completely alien. Well, I mean, one of the biggest, one of the greatest matches in Meltzer's opinion of all time ends in a in a sixty minute time limit. So mm. it's not like time. I think time limit draws are probably easier to rate high. But that was the nature of the beast in Japanese wrestling at this time. It, a lot of it was chaotic and brawling all over the place, and the referees still to this day aren't really respected that much. <laughs> you know, there's plenty of matches with, um, with you know, I mean, the great Muta would attack people with a spike and the tables and chairs and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, qualified. It was almost like ECW in that regard. Yeah, I mean, he Donald like Kid headbutts a ref. Yeah, and the ref, the ref like gets up. It was a tough yeah. ref. Yeah, it was a ref bump where the ref was down for, I think, less than a minute. Mm. Uh, As someone who grew up with 90s and uh, um, early 90s WWE slash F, that's alien to me. I thought referees were just tinfoil. Well, to be fair, that ref did look a bit like he could handle himself. He was swole. (laughs) Um, 
So yeah, I think that the the story. I think maybe the earlier matches as well are just as uh, influential, and and like I said, they're more traditional wrestling, and it's just got more and more chaotic as time went on to the point where it was now. Um, but the, the the key thing is of Dynamite Kid as the aggressive, hard nosed, hard hitting, arrogant gaijin. I don't think he's arrogant so much. Well, um, he does call himself number one, and when his mid match promo. Yeah, but I think that's just like that was uh, how much is that? Is just that that number one Ichiban is one of the few bits of Japanese that that everyone knows. <laughs> Americans know. <laughs> yeah. Hulk Hogan made um, a lot of that of saying Ichiban as much as he could. Yeah, <laughs> um, and because Mike does wrestle in a sort of arrogant style, and it's sort of progressive style. I would say I don't know about arrogance. When I think not, arrogance, not out and out arrogance, but when I think arrogance, I think someone like um, rude. Rick Rude, yeah, who does hip swivelings in the match, or um, yeah, or uh, well, Rick Martel doing like um, with arrogance, obviously, like doing cartwheels and jumping jacks in the match. Yeah. Or Scott Stein doing push-ups in the match. That's what I equate to arrogance. Yeah, he's but... very aggressive, I think, and that's where the key dynamic of this is, and and that's what followed through with um future examples of this with like um. Tiger, well, with um, Jushin Liger and while Pegasus is the most obvious one, uh, Chris Benoit, um, the great Sasuke against uh, Chris Benoit, um, up to more recent examples, I guess, would be when Tiger Mask was feuding with Loki, that that aggressive guy Jin hard hitter against the maybe more spectacular high flying moves of his opponent. Like Dynamite does do a top rope headbutt. Uh, in this and a match. drop kick off the uh, and, top, and a drop kick, but but it's Tiger Mask that does the dives to the outside. Yeah. Um, it, now I love the dives to the outside. That's great story in match storyline progression. It's interesting though, like they actually kind of almost regress. Like the first time he does it, he hits the dive. The second time he fakes him out with the six one nine essentially. Yeah. And then the third time, I think Dynamite. Well, it fakes him out slash Dynamite's moved out the way at this point. Yeah. So he stops. He does that stop himself thing. Yeah, but it, yeah, it always seems like it's more like you tried to hit the move, and then you hit the move. Whereas he's hitting the move and then not hitting the move subsequently. I guess mm. you can do that. You can make that argument on, on, in a different way. Um, but this feels like I'll say what it does feel like is a fight. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to build on that. No, no, sorry. no. If, if it, they're struggling, they're struggling. Like, there are some, there are some high flying moves, but it is I like, know what you mean. There's like a clunkiness that a, a realistic clunkiness that comes to there's it. There's only one bit that kind of felt a bit forced. It's when Tiger Mask goes like far to the other opposite side of the ring to go to the top rope, and Dynamite has to stagger towards him, and all the Tiger Mask hits him with his, like, an elbow off the top, like, sort of a Dusty Rhodes elbow. That's one of the negative points. Mm. That, and in, like, the first minute, Tiger Mask makes it very obvious that he's covering up his mouth to talk to Dynamite. Oh, I didn't... He makes it very obvious. I never really noticed those things that much. But also, I think it has that sense of, um, anything you can do, I can do better. Uh, well, with, yeah, it, with, yeah. With, the, with Tiger Mask nearly always being the one that can do it better. Because yeah. the, the, those were built to make Tiger Mask the start. Look, he won all the matches, bar one and this draw. You know, Dynamite was almost the crash pad for him. Yeah. But he was such a good crash pad that the matches are remembered for eternity. You know? and it's, it's really, as I say, because it's, it's essentially two separate matches. The first mm-hmm. bit's like a very technical... Um, battle which then changes gear straight into like a high flying zone 
Um, then we get our first false finish, and then after that, it carnage just ensues. There's a period where Dynamite has Tiger Mask grounded for a while, and he puts him in some, and it looked like he was going to sort of do a sort of a heel dominant period. But I do remember Tiger Mask doesn't like have some big baby face fire comeback. He just sort of escapes a hold and suddenly gets dynamite in the surfboard. So it's a lot more of that traditional Japanese back and forth sporting contest, not like a like a like a westernized North, well, more North American traditional. Babyface fire, heat heel. for the um, heel, comeback, finish. It's it's a constant ebbing and flowing. Like I say, that anything you can do, I can do better. Yeah. Neither man's really able to dominate. I think neither, like there's probably not a minute of the match where some both guys don't hit each other with something at some point. Maybe not. There is. Minute, there's like there's yeah. It's like a period of time where like they're being separated. Yeah. Well, you know, within the context of them fighting each other. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah, yeah. Do you get what I mean? It's not like someone's able to string a long period of dominance on his opponent. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying there. But that's it's... kind of more the Japanese style, anyway. In a yeah. Ways. Um, but do you get where I'm coming from about how influential it is, I think, culturally, because you've also got to look at like the junior heavyweight title in the New Japan. And it is New Japan and Japan that sort of gave the junior heavyweights their most opportunities up to a point. They like actually, they they got further than they could in other areas, but then they couldn't go as far as they ended up going outside of New Japan. As weird as that sounds, but I'll get to it. Like Tiger Mask's big problem was how small he was at that time. Like the junior heavyweight title around that era, before it was going to Tiger Mask, the guy that Dynamite Kid was facing for it before Tiger Mask was Tatsumi Fujinami. And so in that sense, it's almost junior as it's like almost like a young lion belt as well, that Ju- Fujinami was always being groomed to be the guy to replace Inoki, which he did end up doing. How big was Fuj- Fujinami? Fujinami was about 5'11", 6 foot. Okay, um, and Tiger Mask is significantly five, smaller six, than that. 5'6", yeah. 5'5", five, five or so. And Dynamite's sort of in between, so he was actually the smaller guy against Fujinami, but he was the bigger man. Like, he is noticeably bigger than Tiger Mask, not just with his muscular... Physique, but he's he's a few inches. Uh, Tiger Mask has a weird physique. Well, Tiger Mask got really fat when he got older. He did not stay trim. It's yeah. weird when you see future Tiger when he makes like brief comebacks to the sport over the years. Uh, he definitely wasn't able to do a lot of those top rope moves for quite a while <laughs> afterwards. Not even that that small elbow he did. No, no. Um, but yeah, so this is what like I said. What makes this so influential is that this was. So this was the one that kind of defined junior heavyweights as kind of its own thing. The action is quicker. They have the kicks and strikes and everything of, of Inoki and everything, but this is now where you're getting suicide dives to the outside, which is Tiger Mask obviously incorporating things from Mexico. And a lot of, especially the lot of the start of the match is very quick scientific moves that came from, I would say more than anything, Sammy Lee's experiences in the world of sport. Like, like, because William Regal, I see on Twitter, has often said that that junior heavyweight style originated in Britain. Yeah. And obviously, I'm going to defer to to William Regal on everything that he knows more than I do. But I do think that, like, new styles come from a confluence of other genres. And so this junior heavyweight style did come partly from those experiences in World of Sport, but also partly came from Mexico. And the Lucha Libre, more high-flying, traditional element to it and also the new japan psychology of hard kicks and and sporting uh more as a sporting contest and also just the masked um cartoon superhero which was something that the new japan would go back to again with jushin liger um they tried with minoru tanaka with the heat character in the early aughts and obviously the tiger mask gimmick continued on with masawa kanemoto 
and the current longest serving Tiger Mask, the fourth incarnation, who's been using that gimmick now for like over 20 years. We're still on number four, are we? Yeah, okay. there was a Tiger Mask 5, but he only did like one or two matches. There were other ones. There was a woman wrestler called Tiger Dream. Um, there's actually a good um, wrestling with regret about the Tiger Mask cartoon, the new Tiger Mask W, which Kota Ibushi did most recently as well. From this, you get Jushin Liger. And with Jushin Liger, you get that ni- that 90s golden age of junior heavyweight wrestling in New Japan that so many of today's wrestlers, when they started doing all the tape tradings and everything, that was the stuff you got. Like, when I got Japanese wrestling tape, the one I wanted to get before everything else was Super J-Cup 94. Yeah. And without the Dynamite Kid Tiger Mask formula, you wouldn't get the great Sasuke... While Pegasus match, which will be a future five star match that we will discuss on this um, compilation. And well, if you look at the, the in ring, sorry, go on. If you look at the in ring styles of Chris Benoit, he is Dynamite oh, Kid. Oh, he's a carbon in, copy of Dynamite Kid. Yeah, without Dynamite Kid getting this big platform and being so revered and being brought into Stampede as a result. No, he was in Stampede before before New Japan. <clears throat> sorry, I'm getting my time on getting into up. the WWF. Yeah, getting into the WWF and getting onto like an even bigger platform where he that style looks so impressive. And those Bulldogs Heart Foundation matches start to become very important to guys that come into wrestling because of the Hulk Hogan's, but then they stay for the British Bulldogs and the and the Heart Foundations. And it gives the smaller guys a chance to be stars. Like Tiger Mask was one of the two or three biggest stars in New Japan history, and when Japanese uh, the Japanese public were polled recently for the greatest wrestlers of all time, Tiger Mask was like up there with Inoki, Baba, Ricky Dozan, and Okada was actually very high. But Tiger Mask was right up there, and they had a little documentary about him sort of reuniting via Skype with, uh, frankly, a catatonic dynamite kid at this point. Um, and from that, but then also you see the risks, and from, from this you've got Will Ospreay and Dave Meltzer saying, enjoy him whilst you have him, because he's going to, be another dynamite kid he's gonna be in a wheelchair but we also and you know we have daniel bryans you davy richards all these figures that are obviously carbon copies of, not carbon copies but like greatly inspired by the dynamite kid mm. at various points all four of those guys but all three of those guys benoit richards and daniel bryan have basically looked exactly like the dynamite kid yeah with the shaved head and everything and the same sort of height and physiques. Well, Brian less so, but still in great shape. And with the diving, diving headbutts as well. Yeah, um, diving headbutts, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you look at the diving headbutt now, and with everything we know now, it is a little bit jarring to see. I mean, it's not like an overly aggressive one he hits in this match, but still. Uh, in fact, as part of my research for this, I saw that Harley Race, the inventor of the mm. diving headbutt, said specifically about Dynamite, when he was, and he was referring to Dynamite Kid at the time, that he regretted ever inventing the move because he mm. thinks it's led to Dynamite Kid ending up in a wheelchair. Yeah. The worry is, like, in 10, 15 years' time, these guys that did watch these Dynamite Kid matches... And, well, or not even just Dynamite Kids, but the Tiger Mask matches, but the matches that derive from them, like, more of them will end up in wheelchairs. That's the scary thought. Yeah. Because it's crazy how hard they go into it in this match. Like, knowing what happens to Dynamite Kids back when him and Tiger Mask are whipping each other into the guardrails. The guardrail bump that the kid takes especially is gnarly. It, yeah. It's just, it's just, and that's not padded. Yeah. That, that was just metal. That yeah. yeah. So it's just it's a fast paced match. These guys hit everything nice and crisp and cleanly, but there's that, that chaos to it that actually is of that eighties 
period where so many matches would end in countouts and disqualifications. I do until, love the photographers the, being ringside. That adds yeah, to the chaos. Yeah. And so within that culture, that's why Dave Meltzer gives that five stars, I guess, because countouts weren't was so frequent. They were like more frequent in Japan a lot of the time than pinfall losses. Like, you know, when Andre loses, he loses by count out. He doesn't get pinned. You know, yeah. same thing. Like when in the famous match where Hulk Hogan beat Inoki, Inoki only lost by count out. He didn't get pinned. Yeah. And it was really so- Baba that changed that in the in the late eighties. He started insisting upon clean finishes. So that's why nowadays if you had that match it would end with a clean finish or it wouldn't get five stars. Mm. Hang on, that was the door. On that um, clanger. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you want to bring up? I think I've gone through all of my notes. It's weird that uh, a match with so few, such little variation in a move set is a five-star match. Do you see what I mean? Well, because... we'll get to that point, but also just one thing I did forget to mention as well, why it's so influential. Everyone does suicide dives now. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but they look, the ones that the Tiger Mask are doing look so much safer than the ones we've seen. Um, the one where we saw, uh, when we were covering World of Sport, where the guy got his rope caught off the guy, I forget, I think it was Sizem? Justin Sizem, yeah. Yeah. Well, he did it over oh. the top rope, which was a big mistake as well. Yeah. because he's taller. I'm Usually, just saying. Well, I really love Austin Aries' ones. He would always go through the bottom and second rope. Yeah, which is like a really impressive like low dive to get yourself on, you know, get your body into that position. Again, another guy, Austin Aries, very similar in that that sort of snap and that nastiness. And again, just like so many wrestlers now are five foot nine, five foot eight, and I think it's because they see either Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask doing it and having the best matches in wrestling, mm. saying, "Well, we can't be the biggest guys, but we can be the best guys," and that's what Tiger Mask and Dynamite were at that time. Well, you say these days, and we're sort of getting the tail end of like those in gen- like that generation. The, the the more young up and comers now are inspired again by a separate smaller man, but it's more but I'd it's say Sean, Sean and Brett. Yeah, but you know what I mean. It's like what I say. Like a lot of bands aren't necessarily directly inspired by the Velvet Underground and Nico, but they're inspired by the bands that were inspired by that, or they're inspired by the bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get your point. Inspired it's, by that, it's inspiration that begats inspiration yeah. that begats the future. Yeah, like I think if these matches didn't exist, the way that the majority of matches are wrestled at WrestleMania would be different. I really do think that. Yeah, I mean, and that's um, that sort of explains why you were saying that this is such a culturally important match when we were speaking at it beforehand. When Tanahashi started wrestling, he wanted to be the Japanese equivalent of the Dynamite Kid. So that infected, that junior heavyweight style infected the heavyweight style. And, now, mm. and that's why you get Roman Reigns doing suicide dives outside the ring now. <laughs> Genuinely, I think that's the case. Uh, I think, yeah, I suppose... Maybe another match would have come along of a similar style. Like They weren't the only two people that were doing all these great things, like yeah. Bret Hart. Maybe, maybe Bret Hart would have had some amazing matches with uh, young Kichi Yamada, or like Owen Hart's matches with, with Kichi Yamada slash Jushin Liger. Maybe those would have been the first ones that really pushed the envelope. But this is the one that did it. Yeah, these like there would have been a Beatles out there. It just Eventually. wouldn't necessarily have been the Beatles. The Beatles, yeah. We needed a Beatles. We needed this match. We needed well, not this match. We needed these series of matches. Yeah. So that's what I okay. Would, yeah. I, I see. So I think that's why I think it's quite a really cool thing. Even though we could have arguably done two different matches as the first five star matches, I I like that we went with this one as our episode one. Okay. Okay. Um, but the. Is there anything else you have left to say on this? Uh, not from a cultural aspect. I sort of get where you're coming from now in terms of... Because I, I always think of what, what's 
when I hear inspiration, mm. like the people I like listen to that always talk about Sean and Ricky and Macho, um, and Flair as well. It's well, I think Sean Michaels again is like someone that's a smaller guy that's able to get attention through his pushing his body to the limits. Yeah. So I guess I guess maybe that's, but I do see where you're coming from in the cultural sense, and you look at the match that they wrestle. Um, and you could have easily just swapped out but, um, Kid for Benoit, and the moves would have been this. Uh, moves would have been the same. The execution would have been the same. You, and you Tiger Mask for Jushin Liger, I guess. Up to yeah. Point. Jushin Liger was less the the kung fu. Kid. He was always a heavier guy, um, like more muscular. But um, yeah. So, the big okay. question is, Simon, would you give this five stars? Um. This will be our one recurring feature throughout the series. This this is a tough one because, um, and I know it shouldn't influence one's decision, but I did watch this without English commentary, um, and typically that wouldn't influence a decision. But the the restarts from someone not knowing entirely what's going on that does take you out of it a little bit. Um, but I'm try I'm not going to try and discount that point but i do want to mention that's something that i just felt um suffered from like a non-native tongue speaker thing i didn't know what was happening yeah. well at one point dynamite turns up with a broken bottle yeah and then then he hammers the ref and then the match continues yeah um yeah it was difficult for me to follow in that in that sense um the in-ring action was was good um the spot calling i saw and the elbow the clunkiness of the top rope elbow are, are, ne- are negatives. I think it was a very great sports entertainment match. I wouldn't call it a five-star wrestling match, no. I think in the con- in the historical context, it's an important match. And in that time period, it would have probably blown you away, especially if you hadn't seen any of the previous matches. Mm. So if you took someone in a vacuum and said, this is a great wrestling match, I think they'd be a bit confused by it. So I think if I was watching it when Dave Meltzer watched it in 1993, I think I could have very possibly given it five stars. I wouldn't give it five stars now because people have gone on and improved upon it. So if the match happened today, yeah. I wouldn't give it five Although then again, the chaos of it would be so weird today because they don't really do that anymore. Um, I think it's... Look, as, as I will, I'm sure I will have said in the episode, match ratings within themselves are kind of absurd. This is a, a significant, historically significant wrestling match. Uh, it's a very important wrestling match. Within what we use to define a five-star wrestling match now, I wouldn't give it five stars now. Yeah. But I would like to not give any match five stars. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we can't really talk about that. Well, I'm sure I'll bring it up constantly in this series. But um, Yeah, I was going to say that, that. You're going to hear that a lot, I would yeah. reckon. Um, no, I, I get your point. Um, so I can see give this five stars. But I could see why people did give yes. it five stars at the time. And, but if, and if we rate, not rating, if we give star ratings on historical significance, this could be a nine-star match. <laughs> but we don't. No. No. But uh, bell, has, sorry, go on. Yeah, bell to bell. I'm. We. I don't think we're. We're not going to get into the, the the whole thing of giving our own star ratings. It's just just going to be a simple yes no thing. So if you're looking for us to dish out the quarters yeah. and the halves, yeah, I'm not lying out there. I ain't giving this four and a quarter stars yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. So. Um. We're just going to boil it down to the yes no and the um. I think it's a it's a universal no, isn't it, from the two of us? Yes, so but that makes it sound negative than more negative than it is because we're saying no. But. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. The nature of the beast, really. That is the nature of the question. We can't help that. Mm. Um, Do you think... It's weird to see, and I'm I'm, I'm just like a general point about the match. It's weird to see a pre-Undertaker tombstone pile driver be used in the way it is. Well, it was a a very frequent move around that sort of... That era, especially the... um... Especially in the Stampede lot. It was a very popular move in Stampede. And that's why, like, Owen Hart uses it in his matches with Bret Hart. In, and that was why it was so weird at the time. It was, it's always been a popular setup move for the top rope move. Yeah. And Okada and, you know, to this day. Okada to this day. It's his setup to the uh, Rainmaker. Yeah. Tombstone. And it made, so it has its yeah. own history within Japan wrestling. It made sense for the Dynamite Kid to hit that and then... Because it gives him enough time to... pin him. Yeah. That was weird. That's part of the thing about the arrogance. Yeah. He just mouths off a bit after hitting like a tombstone pile driver. If I hit a tombstone pile driver, I'm covering you. So, that was our first five-star match. Tune in in a couple more days' time where we'll be talking about the second match, a very diff- another Japanese match, uh, in- for the promotion that Tiger Mask left New Japan for. Um, it's a match between Nobuhiko Takada... Kazuo Yamazaki for UWF. Its date was the 12th of May 1984, so it took a full 12 months and a bit for Dave Meltzer to see his second five-star match. And this is also the last five-star match of New Japan's for four years. So. (laughs) Swung for the fences early doors, but uh, not a lot of follow-up action. Mm. Uh, well, we, will be in, we will be in Japan for quite a while during this. Oh uh, yeah. First, well, for the whole endeavor, but for the first few matches. Yeah. Um, but this will be a very. This is going to be a very different change of pace for our next match. If you want to get in touch with the show, we have a show email address of lmtyspod at gmail dot um, But until then, my name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five star time. Until the next time. Mm-hmm.